Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Amy Kostelik, Extension Professor for Adult Development and Aging. Welcome, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me today. Amy, today we're talking about family traditions and keeping spirits bright during a pandemic holiday. And I'm just going to be honest that this has been something that has certainly been on my mind recently as we try to figure out as a family what what our holidays are even going to look like. You know, we're used to that. I don't have an extremely large family, but a fairly close-knit family. And so we're used to always being together several times over the holiday season. And my mom always makes the most amazing meal and um, all the grandkids get to be together and, you know, maybe open gifts and just really have some quality time as a family. You know, it's just my brother and I live in different locations, so it's not that often that we all get to be under one roof. And so we're really struggling this year to figure out how to still have that holiday time, but we know that it's going to look different. And I um, suspect that many people are also trying to prepare for this change. And so I'm glad that we're talking about it today and about ways that we can keep both spirits and holiday tr- traditions um, kind of alive and bright during, during this time. It's definitely going to be a trying, a trying season, Jennifer. Yeah, let's just get started and think about why, why are traditions so important? Well, traditions are these rituals or these customs that individuals, close friends, families, like you were talking about your own, repeatedly engage and they typically pass it down and they hold these really special places in our hearts. And there's something that we know we can count on. There's something we know that we can trust. And there's something, like you were just saying, it's something, a tradition is something that many of us look forward to. And so they're important because they teach us about our unique personal history, including where we come from and who we are, depending on what some of the traditions may be. They help us develop character, a sense of belonging. They even serve to pass on our values, morals, custom, and culture and our heritage. In my family, for example, we do a ton of stuff at Christmas around the Swedish heritage because on both sides of my small family, grandparents were actually born in Sweden and came over. So they really provide, these traditions really provide families with a sense of constancy as life changes and people grow. So I think in particular during this time of pandemic, we've got to hold on to some of those traditions as much as we can, even though some of them might look different. But again, those traditions provide a degree of normalcy after, during a challenging time or a crisis like we're in right now, that we can come to trust and, and hold on to that predictability and comfort during this time. I know that it's been important for me and um, just my immediate family to really kind of pass on the traditions that we had growing up as children. And sometimes it can be things just as simple as a food. And my mom makes the most amazing apple pie and blackberry cobbler. That is something that if if my daughter was here right now and I could say, what what are you looking forward to to, to Gammy's in the holidays? She'd go, 
Gammy's Blackberry Cobbler, you, you know, that it's just kind of this tradition that my mom has. Um, and then also she has, she started when my brother and I were infants that she made our hands as Christmas ornaments every year to hang on the tree. And so when our children were born, she, she makes, she makes their hands as well. And so that's something that they do together every year. And then, you know, just thinking about um, family traditions that Ours and my, just my immediate family, my husband and I and our two kids, they look a little different because I feel like my parents and in-laws have always kind of had the traditional holidays. And um, thinking about Christmas specifically, we typically like to be home on Christmas Day because Santa Claus comes in the morning, but we don't do kind of the big traditional meal just for our family of four. We have one or two um, friends that typically celebrate the holiday with us just because of maybe their families have passed on or they're not geographically close to their families or whatever it may be. But we always do takeout. My son actually came up with the idea several years ago from the movie, The Christmas Story. You know, he said, let's just do takeout. So we always do, a, you know, mid-afternoon takeout meal. And typically it's kind of a, a, a splurge type takeout meal. But it's amazing how much our kids Kids have come to look forward to the to the takeout holiday meal, which is so counter to what I experienced growing up, but it's just a tradition that has developed within us. So how important are these traditions to a child's well-being? Oh gosh, Jennifer, they are so important. And I'm just smiling at your stories too, because it's amazing how traditions change and evolve over time and with circumstances, as, you know, with families as well. Um, you know, so you grew up with certain traditions, but then when you married and had children, you merged two different households, you know, with you and your husband and traditions probably evolved then. And then you had kids and traditions evolve again. And that's good. That's healthy. That's, we want traditions to look like that and you come up with your own or you modify them. And I think we need to remember that and sort of hold on to that again during a pandemic as well when traditions may be forced to look differently that we have you know modified or adapted traditions probably to a degree already you know in your past or in your history but back to your question with children traditions are extremely important to the development or to child development first of all traditions can really help create connections and bonds to the people that your kiddos love and care about within your family like you were saying with your mom and the bond that they have or the connection that they have with doing the holiday hand you know activity or the blackberry pie and, and or cobbler and maybe even your mom has started to teach or already has taught your kids how to make it or what she does or they can do it together or maybe they just eat it together. But certainly researchers refer to ways that traditions can anchor family members to each other. There is a psychologist who's written a lot of books and done a lot of stuff. His name is Marshall Duke. And he has found that children who really know their family history tend to be better adjusted. They tend to be more confident, have higher self-esteem, fewer behavior problems, and even just work better as a team player within, you know, within the immediate family or, or the extended family as well. So I think traditions really look at ways in which they provide kids with a sense of belonging. Like I talked about earlier, they become a part of something from a tradition. And I think that's really important for kids. It helps them feel unique. It helps them feel special. Like you were saying with your children, it helps create these positive memories. And I think a lot of us can look back 
over time and think about, you know, childhood memories. And I would, I would bet a lot of them have something to do with some type of tradition, whether it's a holiday tradition or maybe just some typical, you know, daily routine that people had within their families. And like I said before, too, I think traditions give something for kids to anticipate and to look forward to. And I don't know about you, but I know with me, anticipation is sometimes just as rewarding as the activity itself. You know, you think about, again, being a kid, I couldn't wait for Santa Claus to come. And and just the excitement of it, you know, was just was half the fun, I thought, as, as Christmas morning was. And again, too, it can really have a long-term impact and shape the identity. And I think you sort of referred to that already, you know, with, with yourself. A lot of what happened to you as a child and, and the way in which you grew up and that bubble in which you grew up really shapes who you are and, and who you become. And your openness, like you and your husband, to create new traditions for your own children and your own family. They might look different, but those were important for for you to have, you know, the familiar with your own, with your own kids. And as a result, your kids are going to be like that most likely when they have their own families or if they have their own families. And I also want to say too, and I, I touched on it a little bit, but traditions, you know, we're concentrating today on holiday traditions, but we make connections, you know, really on a daily basis. And so it could be, you know, the traditions that you grow up with, like eating breakfast together, whether it's before school or on a Sunday. I grew up in a family that had big breakfast on Sundays. And to this day, even when my stepkids are grown, but even when it's just my husband and I in the house, we have a huge breakfast on a Sunday just for the two of us. But that's something that's important to us. And we look forward to it on the weekend to have our big Sunday brunch. But again, you know, other families, you'll have stories about Friday night pizza nights or movie nights or, you know, Sunday night's Italian night. But even those little things, those small acts really reinforce a sense of family identity and values that people carry on for a long time. Amy, I really love this conversation about just the daily traditions, kind of what most of us might think as the small stuff, because as as you were talking and I was thinking back to um, my childhood and what has carried over into adulthood, and I'm going to sound like a lot of my family traditions revolve around food, um, but um, again, my mom's an amazing cook, but uh, my mom put dinner on the table every night at six o'clock and that it was the expectation or I guess more or less a tradition that you were going to be home for dinner. And um, actually, my brother's a couple years older. So when he moved out, it was almost kind of my friends jockeying for spots of who gets to go home for dinner tonight. And my mom always laughed. She was like, how many ever you brought in the door? We were going to feed them dinner. But it was just that it was very important to my parents that we have that time where we sit down together and we just kind of talk as a family. And so that's something that, and I'm not nearly as good as my mom about, you know, we're going to eat every night at six o'clock. Sometimes it's 730 before we get something on the table, but we're all four going to sit down. And um, my kids almost kind of laugh because I have this script that I kind of run through about how's your day and how this guy, you, you, you know, like it's the same questions every night, but it's just a time for everybody to touch base and to, to really kind of just share about their day. Let's fast forward now to pandemic 2020 and kind of thinking back to, uh, to this idea of holiday traditions. What's going to happen this year to our holiday traditions and what should we do and how can we prepare and plan? 
Oh, I wish I had a crystal ball, to be honest, because I think it's going to be hard for some families, um, especially families who are spread out. You know, I think that due to the pandemic, individuals and families are going to definitely celebrate a little bit different. So what's that going to look like? Depending on your family, it could be that you have smaller gatherings. We're going to have to think about social distancing. You know, just because your family doesn't mean you can't spread COVID-19 to each other if you haven't been isolated together. So I think that's going to be something families need to be reminded of. Just because your family doesn't mean that COVID-19 is not going to exist. I think vacations that people may often plan over the holidays might look different due to continued travel restrictions and health and safety concerns, you know, and travel just to get to and, you know, and from places might look different because of family makeup. You know, I don't know. I have, unfortunately, the family I spend the holidays with are from Texas and Florida, which continue to be pandemic hotspots. And so we're, we already are planning and thinking about that. We, I hate to say it, we want to be with them, but we probably should not be with them because of the situation. And so I think other families are going to be in, you know, that similar boat where activities are going to, you know, be altered as a result. And so one thing we're going to have to look at are, are the ways in which we cope with change because some people don't cope well. My sister, for example, cannot stand the thought of us not being together. She can't stand the thought of not being able to go from Florida to Minnesota where she and I grew up to have a white Christmas with her kids who've never not had a white Christmas. And so her way to react to that truly is to just sort of melt down and avoid and not talk about it and just hope that things miraculously get better between now and the holiday season. Other people, though, you know, might go to different negative coping mechanisms, you know, like just, you know, harmful lifestyle choices, whether you're not eating well or, or sleeping or you're shutting down, you're, you know, ignoring things like my sister does. Some people may turn to substance abuse retail therapy, that (laughs) unnecessary spending. I'm a little guilty of that sometimes late at night. (laughs) You know, so I think you've got to look at the ways in which you're coping with change because not all of us deal well with change and the holidays are going to be different. I think too, you know, there are more positive ways to deal with it. And so part of that is, you know, to look at some stress reducing activities like healthy eating and exercise, you know, taking care of yourself, but also being proactive on the way in which we adapt holidays or traditions around holidays, knowing that we've done it before. And I already talked a little bit about that. You know, life's circumstances or life's natural progression, whether it's a marriage, babies, grandbabies, loss of a loved one, you know, someone moving away, you know, far away or something, this sometimes changes our traditions. And we seem to get past that. Okay. You know, we might not like it at first, but we learn to evolve or we learn to adapt. We learn to create our own new traditions or, or, or hold on to those old ones by just remembering and cherishing them. So I think this is a time that we have to remind ourselves, be resilient and say, okay, we, this looks different, but, but we can do it and we can get through it. Definitely, Amy. I think that that is a great point. So as we start to wrap up today, can you give us some tips about how to maintain that holiday spirit in times of quarantine? Yeah, I I have a couple of thoughts and ideas. And and certainly this isn't, you know, there's a million things that might work for, for, for you and different families, but some suggestions that I would have and the biggest one would be to think outside the box and to be open and to, 
to be open to new twists on holiday traditions, okay? And so I think one way you can do that is just adjust old ones. If you've got an old tradition that you love, then see ways in which you can replicate it if that's what the circumstance is. So like, for example, in our family, we might do things, I'll give an example of what we already did um, over the 4th of July because that's something I know happened. So my family runs, uh, runs or walks or participates in this 5K race up in a place where we spend a lot of our summer in Wisconsin. And so this year, we none of us could be in Wisconsin together because again, we've got Texas and Florida and no one wanted to be right, with Texas right. and Florida this year. So what we decided to do was we we all participated in the 5K on our own. So in Lexington, in Fort Worth, Texas, in Tampa, Florida, and in Rochester, Minnesota. And you know they everyone got their 5K completed however they wanted to do it. And then we, again, traditional big breakfast in our family. We all made our big breakfast and we got on Zoom and we ate our cherry coffee cake together on Zoom and just oh, talked I about the 4th of July. And it wasn't ideal, but it got us together. It kept us connected and it let us hold on to that tradition a little bit. And we all had fun with it. We all got on without even talking. And we were in our full-blown 4th of July stuff that we would have had on to wear to the parade in the afternoon um, with silly you know, headbands in our hair and all sorts of stuff and all red, white, and blue. And it really was comforting to me to have that because I had had a lot of anxiety of not being in Wisconsin with my family for the 4th of July. So I, I go backwards in time, but to say that that's something we did and that's something my experience with adjusting that tradition of ours worked for us and um, and we made it work for us and we were open-minded and had good attitudes about it too. But I think, you know, other ways, what, what, what can we do? Make a new tradition. This might be a great opportunity to try something new. Again, to be creative and to really look at this. This is about attitude and how you adapt to change to really look at this as a time for growth versus a time for regret and loss. I think, as I mentioned before, you don't have to forget the old traditions just because you may not be able to do something. You can still remember it and cherish that memory and and talk about it. I think that can also help you maintain some of those meaningful connections that I've already been talking about and referring to. I think other things that we can do in looking at keeping the spirits bright are just finding ways to spread joy. And this may be part of your tradition or not, but you know, you might be able to get in the spirit by connecting to those in need in your community, whether that's seeking a volunteer or a charity opportunity, or, you know, even writing or making a meaningful holiday greeting card and sending it. And maybe you don't even send it to someone, you know, maybe you send it overseas to our servicemen and women, or maybe you send it to an older adult who is isolated in a nursing home who doesn't have family. And you write down your favorite tradition or your favorite memory so that that can help spark a memory with them. And they can think about what maybe one of their favorite memories are. I've already seen several long-term care facilities that are requesting cards, holiday cards, letters for those individuals that may not have someone that, because typically, you know, maybe a church group would come in or carolers would come in, and that's just not going to be possible this year. So wanting to spread that joy through a card, even if they don't know you, is is still letting someone know that they are remembered. So I, I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And I think it's not, it's, you don't have to be afraid of writing about yourself or writing a story about yourself and Christmas or, or Thanksgiving or the, you know, the holidays that we're celebrating are great opportunities to write down a part of your story or writing down your tradition. Because again, it's for the most part, people are interested in what other people do. I mean, I loved hearing Jennifer's stories today about what you do with the takeout. That's so much fun. And it's inspiring too. It, it 
sparks other people's ideas potentially. But to be in a nursing home and, and to get a card that actually has some content to it versus, hi, I hear you're sad. Right, <laughs> you know, that right. isn't as meaningful to read as if I would write and say, hi, you know, my name is Amy and I grew up in Minnesota and I had these white Christmases and they were amazing because there was this snow and you'd build snow tunnels. And, you know, what that could do for a person perhaps living, let's say in Kentucky is I've never seen snow like that, you know, or I remember I used to have white Christmases when I lived in Michigan or whatever it may be. So having that story again is just a different way to connect, even connecting to to a stranger. And, you know, we have another specialist, Courtney Luking, and, and I really got a kick out of it. She and I were talking about the changes in traditions. And so I'll end with, with one of her suggestions, actually, and that was lower your expectations. True, <laughs> and I yes. thought, you know what? Sometimes we just need that permission to do that. And this year in particular, again, might be a good year to make things special without being extravagant. And so maybe this is the year for homemade gifts or a theme of trying out gifts of time or gifts of experience. But again, we really just need to allow and, and give ourselves some flexibility this year and just find find ways to, to make it fun still. So, you know, Amy, as I've listened to you talk and taken in your tips, I'm, I'm thinking in my head that I may try very, very hard to replicate my mom's blackberry cobbler. Trust me, I have been trained over the years, but I am certainly um, not uh, nearly as skilled, but I'm going to remind my family to lower their expectations when they taste it. <laughs> um, so so that just so that everybody knows from the start. Amy, thank you so much. I think that it's so important just to have this conversation this year because it is different and it is something that we've not experienced before. And just planning ahead, I think is key. And it does help us all kind of set those expectations um, and seeing what can grow out of this year. And I'm sure we'll all find so lining. So thank you so much. Oh, it was a treat. Thanks so much, Jennifer, for having me today. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local Extension agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.